When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. to Queens, Amazing Head News Minor League Podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined again tonight by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. The whole minor league crew is here. We're on DEFCON 5. <laughs> this is night two of the 2021 MLB draft. Rounds two through ten are done, and we are we're digesting right now. A lot A lot happened today. Currently pouring one out for Shohei Otani, losing in the first round of the Derby. Sag. It was fun, though. <laughs> well, so hell nice to round. say, I don't think anyone that the Mets selected today are going to end up in the home run derby. Uh, no. Maybe maybe the batting practice pitchers, but that's maybe the best yeah. they might have. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... To recap, um, Monday night, Kumar Rocker fell to the Mets. Pretty unexpected development. Pretty exciting Ooh. development. Yes. We all rejoiced, but not that much. So, uh, obviously Rocker is a very premium talent who's going to get premium type money. Uh, the Mets slot value for the first round pick was $4.74 million. 
And we know that at a minimum, Rocker is going to cost, you know, six million minimum. We we already know what he costs. Yeah. Um, it's ever Sherman, Joel Sherman tweeted it. It's six million. So in other words, our prediction was almost spot on last night. Yep. <laughs> well, didn't take a brain surgeon, I guess. It is nice that they already figured this out uh, the next day, and they didn't let this linger. But uh, didn't it I, didn't it take like forever for the Allen number to come out? Yeah, it that was, was that like, was annoying. It was kind of like you could squint and be like, "Are they actually going to mess this up and not sign him?" But like this was literally like twelve hours later, they had a number and. Sherman was writing about how they already have an agreement in place or whatever, so they're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But six million is about right. So in in order to get that value, to get that money, they need to, you know, trim a little bit here and there. So as we were kind of guessing last night, the Mets are going to employ a similar strategy that they have in the last two drafts by going big at the top and then um not going big at all with everything else. And that more or less is what happened uh, today in rounds two through ten. Because of um, their typical guys that they would draft <laughs> and, you know, their, their typical safe guys or college guys, whatever. Yes, I think that we were kind of discussing in the group chat uh, as the day was going on, that even though these guys are not, you know, necessarily world beaters, and they're not, you know, I mean, it's basically, you know, senior after senior after senior, a couple of juniors thrown in there, but these guys, you you can see a plan mm-hmm. in that there are features that a lot of these guys all share. So you could say to yourself, huh, okay, the Mets were looking for something, they were targeting certain attributes, and you know, you generally like to see <laughs> you like to see a plan rather than oh, let's just get this guy, let's just get this guy. Steve, are you saying that the uh, the Mets they had a plan? And, <laughs> and they <laughs> like their plan. <laughs> they like their plan. I think that is a possibility. I'm not going to say for certain. Lobby the Mets to have a plan, IMO. Hmm. All right, so let's just uh, jump right in here and take a look at who the Mets got. And with their second-round pick, the 46th selection overall, they took Calvin Ziegler, a right-handed high school pitcher, out of technically uh, St. Mary's Catholic High School, but... In reality, he went to the TXTN uh, Academy in Florida. Such a stu- the next level academy. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate all these stupid prep school names. I can't wait for the Elevate Academy to come out. Oh uh, my god! To, the, to that song that's been on SNY, uh, you got to elevate. They're gonna hire Donnie. uh, uh, Donnie Stevenson is. He's he's the athletic director at the Elevate Baseball Academy. (laughs) Uh, So Ziegler was the only high school uh, pick that the Mets made here in, in the entire day. 
Um, like I said, he is originally, you know, he's Canadian. Obviously, COVID affected all these athletes because there was no season last year. But I would say that it especially affected Ziegler because, you know, they shut the border down and everything. So the guy literally had to move to Florida in order to kind of keep scouts' eyes on him because no one was uh, crossing the border into Canada. But it's uh it's a good profile he has. Fastball, you know, it sits in the low mid nineties. Uh he could top it. He could he could touch, you know, ninety six, ninety seven. Um there's a, a breaking ball, sometimes it gets kind of slurvy. He says that it's a slider excuse me, he says it's a curveball. Sometimes it kinda of gets slurvy slidery. Um so you know, key to his his future development will be to kind of develop that more, make it either a true curveball or a true slider. And then he also throws a changeup that has some promise, but obviously as a high school player, he doesn't really need it much. Um, all in all, it's a, it's a good profile to have. Uh, he has a good profile, um, good frame. He's like six foot, you know, 200 pounds. Probably not that much more room for growth, but He's durable already. He holds the velocity into games already. He doesn't fall apart, you know, so it's a good pick. I think it's interesting. Baseball America had him as a sleeper, like, uh, because of his, like, having to move from Canada to Florida and do all the stuff that he did and probably flew under some radars. But I think it's one of those things like we've talked about COVID affecting people, like prospects, and I think this is one of those instances. I also think this is an argument for where you can find hidden value. Like there's so much, there's such a complex around scouting these guys now. And then every team's obviously doing a lot of work, but the way to, it, it's going to be real hard to find differential value scouting a dude that everyone else is looking at. But if you find someone like this, who maybe mm-hmm. has had, everyone has fewer looks like that suggests to me that they, they might have, particularly strong feelings on a guy that maybe other teams are missing. So I, I like the strategy. And like, I think we'll see with the rest because spoiler alert, it's a lot of pitchers. There's, mm-hmm. there's a clear like type that they're looking at now. And I think it's different than what it used to be. So like, we'll, I think we'll see that within the next even two picks that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting for sure. All right, next pitcher they select. Next player they selected. Spoiler: It is a pitcher. <laughs> and uh, in the third round, the eighty-first uh, selection overall, the Mets selected Dominic Hamill, a right-handed pitcher out of Dallas Baptist University. And um, like we're starting to say, once once you once we start discussing a few of these guys, you'll start to see the emerging pattern, but. Um, Hamels is solid, you know, uh, solid fastball, 91 and 94. Um, he throws a bunch of, you know, he basically throws the kitchen sink. He also throws a slider. He throws a curveball. He throws a changeup. Um, sometimes his fastball, you know, could, could gets sinkerish movement to it. Um, but one thing that his, these pitches have in common are that, you know, there are, High spin rates with the fastball, with the slider, with the curveball. 
And that's yeah. something that you'll, you'll we'll discuss as we continue moving on with these picks here. But Hamill especially, he's like a statistical darling, like that people were talking about on Twitter a lot and stuff. So that's the type of guy that the Mets wouldn't have even known about like five, six years ago, you know? And sure, like, you know, this is a crapshoot, but I'd rather take a chance on that because that's how you get the next Seth Lugo or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that's how those guys pop and those guys are usable cheap arms when they're they have this in their back pocket as okay so i don't remember lugo coming up as a prospect much i don't think i was doing paying as much attention back then and i also don't know that even the data was around at that point yeah i don't even think so i think he would have been a bigger prospect now yeah, I mean, Lugo was a. He came up who, um, everybody was talking about his spin rate. That was when it was like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he's mostly a curveball spin rate dude, right? Like, yeah. his fastball is good, but he's like a big deal because his curveball yeah. gets absurd spin. Hamill has a really nice, really nice fastball spin and a more questionable breaker, from what I've read. So, just slightly different shaped. But, but still, like, it's the no, idea. No, same idea, okay. absolutely. I mean, he's got the the sexy rising ba- uh, fastball that mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you want these days. All right, so now with their fourth pick, the 111th player selected overall, the Mets um, changed things up a little bit, and they selected J.T. Schwartz, a first baseman out of UCLA. Um. How do I say it without being too mean? <laughs> I don't get this one. Uh, basically yeah, where I... Not, no. He's the first baseman that hits for average. I guess that's the nicest way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a middle infield profile at first. And Would you call him Satness? <laughs> Jeremy Vasquez, basically. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comment. And we were talking before we came on, it's not a... Oh, he just needs to change his swing plane and he might have more power. It's no, his entire approach is geared to inside outing, making contact, etc. And I don't think it's clear that if you change that drastically, the bat to ball remains, right? It's not a nat, I don't know that it's a very natural bat to ball as opposed to an engineered one. Uh, and you add in the limited positional flexibility, uh, the injury issues, I don't get this. Like, it, it, we, they need to save money somewhere, but you can get a better senior sign than this, I think. Like, you get a profile that actually, like, get a dominant second division reliever or something. Like, Isn't he a junior? Yeah, exactly. I'm saying they're probably better seniors to draft than a dude with this profile. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get he, it. he does have, like, I don't want to just completely, like, throw everything out on him. Like, he does have an extremely good eye at the plate, and he does have a good approach at the plate. It's just, like, I'm talking about approach, like, swinging at strikes and not balls and all that stuff. Like, that's what I mean. But, like, maybe you could, if you try to gear him more, like we were saying, more towards power than, like, hit tool, then he becomes, like, a power walk combination guy. But that's a stretch to make that entire thing happen. That's 
maybe you do it, but I don't know how you get there with like at a, a huge massive swing change. But maybe they do that. Maybe that's the whole plan. You know, it's it seems like the offensive upside, even in an optimist optimistic outlook, is utility piece. Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I wonder if he could play other positions too. Uh, right, he like in, in like the the summer leagues and stuff, but as a as a professional, probably not. Yeah. Like if you're I don't know. Draft a dude with that limited offensive upside. They've got to be able to at least like stand at second or third or in the corners or something. Um. Yeah, I don't get this one. It just seems like we're saying that you know they they have this. Uh, what's the right word? They have this strategy. They were looking for specific things and. They could have found another dude that fits the criteria that they needed pitching wise. But. No, I'll, I'll give them a moment of cover here. It seems like they were probably planning on actually going under slot with their first round pick. So maybe they're kind of pivoting here and don't have a great list of senior guys lined up or under slot guys lined up. So they're scrambling a bit, but still. Where's Jake Mangum when you need him? Bangamton. Very true, very true. Soon to be Queens. Alright, so now with the fifth overall select, fifth round selection, 142nd pick overall, the Mets selected Christian Scott, a right-handed pitcher from the University of Florida. Um, he's an interesting guy. He's a big guy, six foot four. Um, and he's mainly a fastball slider guy. The fastball is, you know, mid nineties, could touch ninety-seven, ninety-eight, uh, gets gets um plenty of movement. And then slider, it's a very sharp slider, um, you know, mid eighties. And then he also kinda throws a he he also kinda throws a curve and a changeup, but not much. You know, just kind of in his back pocket if he ever needs it. So he's mainly a fastball slider guy. That screams out um, reliever. I mean, he was a reliever in college. It's not yeah. even like, it's like, we're not even kidding ourselves making him a starter. Like, the mess drafted a reliever here. And that's fine. It's just, I'm not going to get excited about it. <laughs> you know? I also don't think he's a particularly exciting reliever. Yeah, it's fastball slider, it's and it was like accurate. He only walked eight people this year, but like, okay. <laughs> he didn't really strike out that many, and he's already pitching out of the pen. Right. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not great velocity, it's not great movement on the fastball. Again, same, co- there, there's a caveat we should say here. Like, I, I'm pretty confident in our criticism of the Schwartz pick because that's mostly based on profile, but like, the caveat we should include about, there's limited information on all these pitchers, we know less than what actual scouts have seen, the public side of scouting knows less than what actual teams have seen, but um, I don't, I don't particularly, I'm not particularly enthused with this pick either. It is what it, you know, like we knew getting to this thing what we were going to be getting and, you know, this, he's just a guy that's going to, that, that's basically part of the course, you know? It's the same point applies though, like it still feels you should be able to find better underslot guys, especially when you're taking them in the fourth and fifth round. Yeah, 
I mean, all of the players that the Mets selected, all those seniors that the Mets selected, you know, uh, two years ago when they got Allen. No, you know, you have Mangum and, and, you know, that's really it. Last year when they did the same strategy, they got Walters, Dyer, and Ors, you know, in that back half. And really, I don't think any of them are going to amount to much. So it just, uh, I'm looking, I'm trying to look up how old he is. He is 22. So realistically, if he does pop, he could be a major league contributor rather soon and just throw some major league innings. And that's not the worst thing in the world in the fifth round when you're having to spend well over slot on the starred possible player that dropped to you, you know, like I wonder if it's one of those things where they think he could just kind of be a solid player. And it's not so much about ceiling here, and it's more about just an extra usable arm in the upper minors and the and the and the as a shuttle guy in the upper Maybe. minors and the majors, you know. Maybe. And like fastball slider isn't sexy, and it's not particularly amazing, but also that could work, and it does. Like he could come up and have a good slider and be a usable guy, and then you move him back down and bring him back up and stuff like that, and it's worth it. Especially where they're picking and what the rest of their draft look like. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, so now... With the sixth pick, with sixth round pick, the 172nd player overall, Mets selected Carson Seymour, a right-handed pitcher, a senior out of Kansas State University. Um, we are again, back to the spin rate, boys. Yeah. <laughs> again, we have a guy who throws hard, you know, mid-90s fastball. When he rears back, it could hit the... Uh, Upper 90s and triple digits, and a uh, really spinny uh, slider. Note to self: band name, spin rate, boys. <laughs> I mean, look, if you throw 99 and throw like an upper 80 slider, that's gonna be tough, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like just just on the pure velocity switch alone, uh, and that's always fun. I don't really see that being a starter, uh, but again, you could you could start him that way, and then if it doesn't work out, then there's a reliever floor. And I think throwing that hard and having a breaking pitch like that, you could you could do some damage in the back end of a bullpen. But mm. I would definitely let him start in the beginning and see how it develops from there. 
I mean, look at the Brooklyn Cyclones. The literally the only two pitchers on the entire team that are interesting to watch for no other reason than they could throw really hard are Michael Otanias and Bryce Montes de Oca. Oh no. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> And it's just like, oh cool, they could throw really hard. Like well that's interesting at least. See, I at least see the uh, like you could squint and imagine a, a a plus value reliever here though, as opposed to previous guy who He's right? also interesting because he was bad last year. Like he had a six ERA. It's not like he dominated his competition, but that's where the, the data driven drafting could help. Because normally you would scout that and be like, well, he got lit up. But right. also you could be like, he has a lot of spin rate, and if he makes these changes, then there's something that, you know what I mean? So that's no, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like, take, it's just like, interesting to see the Take the dude with tools, like Seymour, or take someone who dominated, but don't take someone who did neither, like Scott. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Perfect example of a guy that, you know, solid spin rate and peripheral kind of stuff, but didn't dominate at all in college, who is, I don't want to say dominating now in the major leagues, but he's holding his own as Tyler McGill. Yeah, but that's that, that's the type of stuff that you get the next Tyler McGill, because mm-hmm. you don't look at the stat line, because sometimes there's more to it than that. Yep. And that's the same thing about scouting in, in like, the minors in general, like... Carlos Cortez hitting 400. That doesn't mean he's a top three prospect in the system, you know. Like, there's still really problems there. 400. No, he's hitting like something crazy though. Two, two ninety, two eighty. I was afraid. Oh, you'd be, I was afraid you're being serious. Oh no, no, I'm being. I'm. I'm being. <laughs> I was for, worried. Uh, <laughs> what if Carlos Cortez does break Ted Williams' record though? <laughs> he did almost have 400 in Australia. Ah, uh, yes. Very high level of competition. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. stingy run environment. <laughs> in the seventh round, the 202nd pick overall, the Mets selected Kevin Kendall, a shortstop out of UCLA, second guy they took out of UCLA. And the UCLA shortstop we all expected. Yeah. Four one out. So basically, um, he hits for an okay average uh, and he gets on base and he's speedy. He was unranked on a lot of boards. Um, This screams saving money, but. Also, like, if you're going to do that, then you might as well take the guy who could play, like, good defense at three spots, because then that'll keep him around, you know? I mean, this is very Mangum to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just going to say. It's yeah. Mangum who plays second base and shortstop, too, alongside center field. Because he did all three at UCLA. And, so. like, unlike the first base, unlike Schwartz, like, okay, maybe this guy... Kendall's offensive upside is probably, at best, utility guy, but he can play the utility positions. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he's a, in two, three years from now, he's, like, an okay, weak singles hitter who could play plus the defense at a few spots, then you could use that, you know? Like, Luis Guillorme isn't a star because of his offense, but he could play plus defense at second short, at second and third and could probably play shortstop. He's been AAA for a decade. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with that. Well, fair enough to Vars, so chugging along. 
Wolfredo, Wolfredo Tovar played on the Mets this year. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now in the eighth round, the 202nd pick overall, the Mets selected Mike Vassell, a um, right-handed pitcher out of the University of Virginia. Um, solid pitcher. Fastball sits, you know, low to mid-90s. He can touch the upper 90s. Um, he's a Got a curveball, got a slider. They both, you know, occasionally flash being average or better. Um, good spin rates to them. And uh, strike thrower. Um, you know, kind of a, a solid, you know, nothing nothing is going to jump out, out at you as being amazing. But the solid, the, the sum of all of his parts are, you know, it's a pretty decent pitcher. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this pick a bit. I think um, there's a few things you could do with him. Like uh, I'm currently watching one of his starts against Texas, and uh, there's some things to like here. The 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 curveball is, you know. Will good. look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's thrown a couple very good change-ups. Um, the slider tends to stay a little too flat, but he's also thrown snapped off a few good ones. So, I don't know. I like this pick. And he was a much higher, more highly regarded, potentially coming out of high school, and then got hurt and chose to go to college. So. I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm sure there's some, I feel like a lot, with a lot of these pitching picks, it has to be done in concert with like your developmental team because they're gonna have ideas about what they can and can't change about dudes. Mm-hmm. So very difficult for us to have any strong takes on, on most of the pitchers taken. It. Yeah, it's just like, I'm I'm glad that the new plan seems to be high spin rate guys because that's a lot that's not the king and be all and end all and there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it but that's nice I'd rather that than this guy is six eight <laughs> so let's draft him what which is what the Mets seemed to do before and that's just, yeah I mean they had all the tall boys it's it's just outdated like some of them worked by Syndergaard but a lot of them and that wasn't even their pick they traded for him but they I mean a they, lot of Chris Viles. Yeah, that's exactly like that. That's the person who I think of, like in, when I think of like the bad tall guys who all they are is tall. Like that's the name, <laughs> and it's not his fault. Like it's, I'm sorry to say it. It's to, not his fault. Know. He was, you know, six foot fifty or whatever. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> like Sandy saw that and was like, "That's a power pitcher," and like just <laughs> that's not true anymore. It turns out it's really hard to pitch when you're that tall. Yeah, it's actually worse. <laughs> It's crazy to me that they kept doing that while rostering Chris Young for a year. Like, there's <laughs> an example of this directly in front of you. It's not only the height isn't power. Yeah, but I'm glad to see they seem to have moved away from that now and have gone in a more analytical direction. And it's not like every team does this now, so they're not reinventing the wheel. But there's a higher chance that one of these guys is pops because of his spin rates than anything else that they've drafted before. At the same time. 
looking at all the pitchers that they took here. Six six, six five, six five, six four, six four. The high school kid not is the short. Six like, two, the high school kid, yeah. Like they're all tall, but they're not like the the freakishly tall guys. That yeah, not anything like, with like six to six six is is fine. That's not that's like that's six, average. So and there, there's other things going on, not just hey, this guy's a you know giant. No, it yeah. used to definitely look like they sorted by height. <laughs> they really did, <laughs> and like nothing else. And it was just like, oh well, he'll throw hard. He's tall, and it's like, buddy, like that's not how it ends up. Well, um, one guy that is kind of tall and does throw hard is their ninth round pick. Uh, he is the 262nd pick overall. He's a right-handed pitcher at Northwestern State University, Dave, uh, uh, Levi David. And, uh, uh, the fastball is really good. Uh, make a touch 99. With some downhill plane because he's tall. Though usually it sits in the low to mid 90s. And he has a really, really, really good curveball, which is kind of fun. Um, according to this stat here, it, the curveball had a 72% swing and miss rate. That's insane. And that is 5 for 98. Wait, with 72? Yeah. Jesus Jeez. Christ. 5 for 98 with 80 strikeouts on that curveball. And he actually was ranked third in NCAA Division One in whiff rate. He had a 15.3 um, whiffs per nine. So it's the plus-plus curveball. So I mean, this is the fun shit you should be doing with these yeah. save money picks. Yeah, Maybe like, the guy with the absolutely insane NCAA whiff rate. Will it translate? Probably not. But it's fun. And if he and if that doesn't work, he has a background as a swimming champion, so it's fine. He yeah, likes, that's crazy one. He like swam in in high school and huh. was like. I don't know if I've ever heard of a swimming and baseball athlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, Jeff McNeil, you know, the the baseball slash golf combination was like the most weird. But I think that this. Definitely adds weird that. I guess you need pretty good shoulders to swim, right? Depend. I guess it depends. He's like tall and lanky, right? So, like I can see it. Yeah. Athletic. I wonder what his best stroke was. I don't know anything about swimming. <laughs> I don't know, but it's fifty meter freestyle. Oh, okay. Whatever that means. Freestyle is a stroke, Steve. I only know it in rap. <laughs> It's like that's the type of if you find a plus plus curveball and a dude who throws ninety nine in the ninth round, like sure. Mm-hmm. Because like even if that's a reliever, that's probably a usable one if all that stays. You know, like if it's still plus plus as he goes along, and he throws a hundred, that that'll play. So and if it doesn't, then that's a good swing. That's a good chance, a good type of profile to take a chance on. So mm-hmm. I'm fine. It's connecting all the dots with all these guys. These are players that. For the most part, it's like they do one thing better than average, or you know, one one or two things, whatever. Just go with it, you know. And that's it's like that's 
smart because it's a way to you could build around that if someone is going to develop. Mm-hmm. Like if someone already has that plus plus tool, whatever it is, you could build their game around that. But if someone doesn't have that, then you have to develop that tool and build everything around. You know, it like that's taking one part of the development away and it's naturally there for them. This, so. this guy's missing one ingredient, right? He's got a plus fastball, good curveball, really great strikeout rate, can't repeat his motion for shit. <laughs> Get him in a major league program. Yeah. If you can mm-hmm. make him repeat the motion, then you've got something, right? They, there's yeah. just like, okay, we can sprinkle in a little bit of this missing ingredient. Yeah. For <laughs> you sure. need someone with the main ingredients first, though. He also has a 4.0 GPA. So not bad. All right, I'm here for it, yes. <laughs> All right, and the last selection that they made today, and the most mysterious, is the 10th round pick, the 292nd pick overall, a left-handed pitcher out of Clemson University, Keishawn Askew. And he has some really funky delivery. Almost Chris Sale-like. But the stuff is not Crystal-like. So I'm a little torn on this. I think three, four years ago, I would have been all for taking the dude with the funky lefty delivery. Because it's interesting and it's different. But now in the era of no loogies, I don't... That's fair. Know, yeah. I don't know that it makes as much sense anymore. Granted, this is a 10th round pick where they're trying to save money, so... And also, it's a pretty good, like, it's an okay slider. Like, the slider's missed bat. So, like, who knows? Maybe if it's Aaron Loop Aaron or Loop, whatever. Three and a half million dollars, so. And, I mean, Aaron Loop has been maybe their most consistently reliable reliever. That's a striking <laughs> sentence. Like, he's really, he's been really good. So, if that's what it ends up being, then that's a usable major league player in the 10th round. Of course, you never want to get comped to Aaron Loop, but, like. though. You might want to now. Yeah, I mean now it's like what's it a below two ERA or something? He's like, got one five, one point five fifth, one point six. Yeah, right. He's balling, unironically good. Aaron, Aaron Luke, but face Aaron Luke, almost a six to one strikeout to walk rate. How have I missed that? Aaron Luke has been this good. I feel like I've never seen him pitch this year. <laughs> and he's gone like multiple innings a few times too. Like he went three innings in an, in an outing once. Like it's been. It's been pretty good stuff from Aaron. It's like Lewis. one of those weird quirks of a season where you just keep missing guys somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, like I, I guess I see the vision with like a slider that's missed bats some in college, and also it's kind of side army. But that's about it, really, right now. But of course, that could change. <laughs> Make him scrap the slider. He would learn this. Yeah, throw a knuckleball. That would be the old Nets. Could you throw a sidearm knuckleball? Probably I not, mean, right? Most, most knuckleballs are kind of sidearm. They're, yeah, they're kind of like the, the not from that low an arm slide. No, no, no. But it's doesn't. easier to do the lower you go. Hmm. And you could, I guess, but it wouldn't be effective because I wonder how you're putting like in softball. Um, like one of the ways to throw a changeup is essentially a knuckleball, and all it does yeah. is it's just drop. It's like a splitter. Yeah, yeah pretty much drop. Because I, I played. I played a dude who threw like a legit knuckleball softball pitch. I was like, what is, what? <laughs> when you, when you say softball, are you saying like underhand no, like, pitch? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, like fast pitch softball. Mm-hmm. 
and the thing just kind of dies, like goes down. Like it's very, it's different than a baseball knuckleball. And softball, I, it's a total aside, but softball's good. Like, how can you hit rising pitches? That stuff's I, insane. I don't get it. I've been saying for know. years it's harder than hitting a baseball. I I mean, that one, that the one part pitch. that's underrated, too, is um, the ball's so much wider than the bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to barrel. Yeah, that's I used to. Like, I never considered that. I used to umpire The thin pad, like, crazy. creates um, top, like, too much top spin or too much backspin. It's really hard to get it square in the center of the ball. Yeah, like if you could barrel one, because you have to hit it perfect, perfect. Because if you get it off, like Ken was saying. Yeah, exactly. It'll just spin and go up forever. Mm -hmm. So it's probably a little easier to make contact, but you make worse contact. And there's like softball players who like their entire job is to like slap singles because they're like really good bats and ball stuff, but it doesn't matter what type of contact they make. And they almost have like an Ichiro like swing where they're like Mm -hmm. running out of the box. It's totally, it's, it's wild. Watching softball is actually really, it's actually really cool. Like to see how different it is, even though it's base, it's the skeleton of the same sport as Pete Alonso just destroys baseballs. <laughs> Pete Alonso's going full heel here. I love it. He already, he already won and he's still going. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, point being, I'm, I'm not sure how well this dude's going to work out, but again, 10th round pick, whatever. And also, like, it's way more interesting than the 10th round pick who throws normal and has the same numbers, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like if, if you line them all up and this is all you have, then take the guy with the funky delivery, if that makes sense. Yep, that makes like, sense. Because that's where you're at at this point, really, in the 10th round. You're not really... When you get 10th round picks who are major league players, it's because you develop them or they fa- found out something else in the major league side of things. Like, you're not getting college performers here. They're gone. Yep. I'm trying to think of the last exciting 10th round pick. Wasn't Lugo a 10th round pick? Steven Belize. No, Lugo was like 40. Oh, he was that long? He was that long? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he went to a weird school. Stephen Belize was selected in the 10th round in 2017. Steven Belize. Uh, who was it? Lugo was 34th. Ah, Gene Cohn, 2016. <laughs> what about 2018? Even a still carving up double A. He's going to carve up double A forever and never get a call up. It's <laughs> not fair. Come on, he's on the freaking Rangers. They can call him up. <laughs> oh, he has an under two ERA. Well, anyway, so let's just circle back to the beginning here again. So we've had basically 24 hours for everything to digest. Have your opinions changed in any way regarding uh, selecting Kumar Rocker? I might be more rocker-pilled than I was before. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) If I'm, like, because I've watched some stuff of his, and it's just like, damn, people really took other pitchers over that like i understand the the velo concerns and they dipped and it, it dipped and stuff but he dominated with that it didn't matter and like sure they need to fix that and that's of all the things that you need to fix like he already has a plus plus slider and other average pitches like you could figure out a fastball and then you're good and if not then he still has a starter profile you know 
Honestly, the biggest thing that probably needs to fix with him is the Spoonie Bugger spin that he does. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pangai is a clown, continues to be a clown, Did will always be a clown. Pangai, not a friend of the pod. All wedgie guy. Wedgie guy. Did you see, yeah, he's wedgie guy. Rich got him all super mad. So yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. Rocker is going to be a top three guy in the system next year for me when we do our top 25. Are you joining me on the number two train? I don't think so. I think because Beatty's been too good and and already affiliated ball and Rocker's not going to play a lot this year just from the workload and everything else. Um it's just hard for me to put him two over someone who's performed like Beatty has right so far, but there's always for improvement. There's always room for growth, Steve, in in my 25 list. It's very true. <laughs> it's gonna it's a lot of a lot of changes between now and then. All right, so yeah, overall, um, not a crazy exciting night, but. We basically knew that already. Honestly, though, like, their idea of what to look for for underslot guys and cheaper guys is way more interesting to me now than it was three years ago. Like, Agreed. They're not just picking random names out of the hat. They're not, like, picking the SEC hit king performer who's only going to hit singles, you know? Like, hey, hey. <laughs> he's, he's the mayor hit, of like, Brooklyn, goddammit. And he's hit more home runs this year than he ever did at that in college. So it, it's it's room for improvement. He's he's finally on the roids. But um, like it's just way more interesting now. Like any like these dudes could actually be players because of they have data behind it that suggests that there's something more there than another than they would have drafted like three years ago. So that's exciting going into future like next year and if something like this with rocker doesn't happen and they have a relatively normal first round pick where it's just where they're supposed to pick, especially if they're going to be good because right now they're in first place, they might win the division and that's not going to be, that'll be a late first round pick. So it, it gives me hope for future drafts and how they look at draft picks. I think it's different now. And I think that's fun. I think it's just better too for the system. I think it's also just generally easier to find hidden value in pitching this way Though, honestly, that perception might be wrong now. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that a lot of the quote-unquote pitching development success stories over the last, I don't know, half decade or so are mostly sticky stuff, but who knows. Yeah. Also, that that, that might swing in general. If, like, mm-hmm. all the league is looking at pitching and trying to find the hidden gems there, then that's when the hitters are become the, the hidden gems. You zig when everyone else is zags, but... Also, they say they don't draft for need, and also they drafted eight pitchers in ten rounds, and the pitching sucks in the system. So yep. I don't really believe them. I think they were like, we need to replenish the arms a little bit. And in all fairness, the hitting also sucks. Sure, but also, like, <laughs> I think it's easier to, like Lucas was saying, it's easier to find... Um, I would rather them do this with pitching than mm-hmm. hitting, because there's a floor of this guy's a middle reliever and that's valuable because the Mets never have those dudes who are middle relievers who make the league minimum. They always have to pay them. And that'll be nice for future years when they have, when they're spending all the money that they want to be spending. If you could, you don't have to sign six relievers in an off season because 
you already have four of them, you know? But. It's also a lot easier to be top-heavy with hitters. Yes. Because, like, Beatty and Alvarez look like extremely good prospects, and they could help buoy a, a lineup more than, like, you'd still need a bunch of pitchers, <laughs> no matter what. Yep, agreed, agreed. All right, so if anyone has any uh, questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex2queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at ElVahus343. Ken is at KenLavin91. And Thomas is at ZedMetSeasonSZN. Subscribe to the podcast, where you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And, of course, thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the 2021 draft. The Mets will be, well, all of Major League Baseball will be drafting one more day, rounds 11 through 20. So we'll see what goes on. So until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.